Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The greatest difficulty was it that I repressed the tears that welled to my eyes despite my every effort. To think of that beautiful creature torn and rended by the cruel fangs of the hideous white apes. It was unthinkable. Such a horrid fact could not be. And yet my reason told me that within thirty days my incomparable princess would be fought over in the arena of the firstborn by those very wild beasts, that her bleeding corpse would be dragged through the dirt and the dust, until at last a part of it would be rescued to be served as food upon the tables of the black nobles. I think that I should have gone crazy but for the sound of my approaching jailer. It distracted my attention from the terrible thoughts that had been occupying my entire mind. Now a new and grim determination came to me. I would make one superhuman effort to escape, kill my jailer by a ruse, and trust to fate to lead me to the outer world in safety. With the thought came instant action. I threw myself upon the floor of my cell close by the wall, in a strained and distorted posture, as though I were dead after a struggle or convulsions. When he should stoop over me, I had but to grasp his throat with one hand and strike him a terrific blow with the slack of my chain, which I gripped firmly in my right hand for the purpose. Nearer and nearer came the doomed man. Now I heard him halt before me. There was a muttered exclamation, and then a step as he came to my side. I felt him kneel beside me. My grip tightened upon the chain. He leaned close to me. I must open my eyes to find his throat, grasp it, and strike one mighty final blow all at the same instant. The thing worked just as I had planned. So brief was the interval between the opening of my eyes and the fall of the chain that I could not check it, though in that minute interval I recognized the face so close to mine as that of my son, Carthoris. God, what cruel and malign fate had worked to such a frightful end! What devious chain of circumstances had led my boy to my side at this one particular minute of our lives, when I could strike him down and kill him, in ignorance of his identity? A benign though tardy providence blurred my vision and my mind as I sank into unconsciousness across the lifeless body of my only son. When I regained consciousness it was to feel a cool firm hand pressed upon my forehead. For an instant I did not open my eyes. I was endeavoring to gather the loose ends of many thoughts and memories which flitted elusively through my tired and overwrought brain. At length came the cruel recollection of the thing that I had done in my last conscious act, and then I dared not to open my eyes for fear of what I should see lying beside me. I wondered who it could be who ministered to me. Carthoris must have had a companion whom I had not seen. Well, I must face the inevitable some time, so why not now? and with a sigh I opened my eyes. Leaning over me was Carthoris, a great bruise upon his forehead where the chain had struck, but alive. Thank God, alive! There was no one with him. Reaching out my arms, I took my boy within them, and if ever there arose from any planet a fervent prayer of gratitude, it was there beneath the crust of dying Mars, as I thanked the eternal mystery for my son's life. The brief instant in which I had seen and recognized Carthoris before the chain fell must have been ample to check the force of the blow. He told me that he had lain unconscious for a time, how long he did not know. 
"'How came you here at all?' I asked, mystified that he had found me without a guide. "'It was by your wit in appraising me of your existence and imprisonment through the youth Parthak. "'Until he came for his harness and his sword, we had thought you dead. "'When I had read your note, I did as you had bid, giving Parthak his choice of the harness in the guardroom, "'and later bringing the jeweled short-sword to him.' But the minute that I had fulfilled the promise you evidently had made him, my obligation to him ceased. Then I commenced to question him, but he would give me no information as to your whereabouts. He was intensely loyal to Zadaris. Finally, I gave him a fair choice between freedom and the pits beneath the palace. The price of freedom to be full information as to where you were imprisoned and directions which would lead us to you. But still he maintained his stubborn partisanship, despairing I had him removed to the pits where he still is. No threats of torture or death, no bribes, however fabulous, would move him. His only reply to all our importunities was that whenever Parthak died, were it tomorrow or a thousand years hence, no man could truly say a traitor is gone to his deserts. Finally, Exodar, who is a fiend of subtle craftiness, evolved a plan whereby we might worm the information from him. And so I caused Horvastus to be harnessed in the metal of a Zodangan soldier, and chained in Parthak's cell beside him. For fifteen days the noble Horvastus has languished in the darkness of the pits, but not in vain. Little by little he won the confidence and friendship of the Zodangan, until only today Parthak, thinking that he was speaking not only to a countryman, but to a dear friend, revealed to Horvastus the exact cell in which you lay. It took me but a short time to locate the plans of the pits of helium among thy official papers. To come to you, though, was a trifle more difficult matter. As you know, while all the pits beneath the city are connected, there are but single entrances from those beneath each section and its neighbor, and that at the upper level just underneath the ground. Of course, these openings which lead from contiguous pits to those beneath government buildings are always guarded, and so... While I easily came to the entrance to the pits beneath the palace which Zadaris is occupying, I found there a Zodangan soldier on guard. There I left him when I had gone by, but his soul was no longer with him. <laughs> Here I am, just in time to be nearly killed by you, he ended laughing. As he talked, Carthoris had been working at the lock, which held my fetters, and now, with an exclamation of pleasure, he dropped the end of the chain to the floor, and I stood up once more, freed from the galling irons I had chafed in for almost a year. He had brought a long sword and a dagger for me, and thus armed we set out upon the return journey to my palace. At the point where we left the pits of Zadaris we found the body of the guard Cathoris had slain. It had not yet been discovered, and, in orders to still further delay search and mystify the Jed's people, we carried the body with us for a short distance, hiding it in a tiny cell off the main corridor of the pits beneath an adjoining estate. Some half-hour later we came to the pits beneath our own palace, and soon thereafter emerged into the audience chamber itself, where we found Cantos Can, Tars Tarkas, Horvastus, and Exodar awaiting us most impatiently. No time was lost in fruitless recounting of my imprisonment. What I desired to know was how well the plans we had laid nearly a year ago had been carried out. It has taken much longer than we had expected, replied Cantos Can. The fact that we were compelled to maintain utter secrecy has handicapped us terribly. Zadaris's spies are everywhere. Yet to the best of my knowledge no word of our real plans has reached the villain's ear. Tonight there lies about the great docks at Hastur a fleet of a thousand of the mightiest battleships that ever sailed above Barsoom, 
and each equipped to navigate the air of Omin and the waters of Omin itself. Upon each battleship there are five ten-man cruisers, and ten five-man scouts, and a hundred one-man scouts, in all one hundred and sixteen thousand craft fitted with both air and water propellers. At Thark lie the transport for the green warriors of Tars Tarkas, nine hundred large troop ships, and with them their convoys. Seven days ago all was in readiness, but we waited in the hope that by so doing your rescue might be encompassed in time for you to command the expedition. It is well we waited, my prince. How is it, Tars Tarkas, I asked, that the men of Thark take not the accustomed action against one who returns from the bosom of Ish? They sent a council of fifty chieftains to talk with me here, replied the Thark. We are a just people and when I had told them the entire story they were as one man in agreeing that their action toward me would be guided by the action of Helium toward John Carter. In the meantime, at their request, I was to resume my throne as Jeddak of Tharp, that I might negotiate with neighboring hordes of warriors to compose the land forces of the expedition. I have done that which I agreed. Two hundred and fifty thousand fighting men, gathered from the ice cap at the north to the ice cap at the south, and representing a thousand different communities from a hundred wild and warlike hordes fill the great city of Thark tonight. They are ready to sail for the land of the firstborn when I give the word and fight there until I bid them stop. All they ask is the loot they take and transportation to their own territories when the fighting and the looting are over. I am done. And thou, Horvastus, I ask, what has been thy success? A million veteran fighting men from Helium's thin waterways man the battleships, the transports, and the convoys, he replied. Each is sworn to loyalty and secrecy, nor were enough recruited from a single district to cause suspicion. Good, I cried. Each has done his duty, and now, Cantos can, may we not repair at once to Hastor, and get under way before tomorrow's sun? We should lose no time, Prince, replied Cantos can. Already the people of Hastor are questioning the purpose of so great a fleet fully manned with fighting men. I wonder much that word of it has not before reached Zadars. A cruiser awaits above at your own dock. Let us leave it. A fusillade of shots from the palace gardens just without cut short his further words. Together we rushed to the balcony in time to see a dozen members of my palace guard disappear in the shadows of some distant shrubbery as in pursuit of one who fled. Directly beneath us, upon the scarlet sword, a handful of guardsmen were stooping above a still and prostrate form. While we watched, they lifted the figure in their arms, and at my command bore it to the audience chamber where we had been in council. When they stretched the body at our feet, we saw that it was that of a red man, in the prime of life. His medal was plain, such as common soldiers wear, or those who wish to conceal their identity. Another of Zadaris's spies, said Horvastus. So it would seem, I replied, and then to the guard, you may remove the body. Wait, said Exodar, if you will, prince, ask that a cloth and a little thoat oil be brought. I nodded to one of the soldiers who left the chamber, returning presently with the things that Exodar had requested. The black kneeled beside the body, and dipping a corner of the cloth and the thoat oil, rubbed for a moment on the dead face before him. Then he turned to me with a smile, pointing to his work. I looked and saw that where Exodar had applied the thoat oil the face was white, as white as mine, and then Exodar seized the black hair of the corpse and with a sudden wrench tore it all away, revealing a hairless pate beneath. Guardsmen and nobles pressed close about the silent witness upon the marble floor. 
Many were the exclamations of astonishment and questioning wonder, as Exodar's acts confirmed the suspicions which he had held. A thern, whispered Tars Tarkas. Worse than that, I fear, replied Exodar. But let us see. With that he drew his dagger and cut open a locked pouch which had dangled from the thern's harness, and from it he brought forth a circlet of gold set with a large gem. It was the mate to that which I had taken from Sator Throg. He was a holy thern, said Exodar. Fortunate indeed it is for us that he did not escape. The officer of the guard entered the chamber at this juncture. My prince, he said, I have to report that this fellow's companion escaped us. I think that it was with the connivance of one or more of the men at the gate. I have ordered them all under arrest. Exodar handed him the thoat oil and cloth. With this you may discover the spy among you, he said. I at once ordered a secret search within the city, for every Martian noble maintains a secret service of his own. A half hour later the officer of the guard came again to report. This time it was to confirm our worst fears. Half the guards at the gate that night had been therns disguised as red men. Come, I cried, we must lose no time. On to Hastar at once. Should the therns attempt to check us at the southern verge of the ice cap, it may result in the wrecking of all our plans and the total destruction of the expedition. Ten minutes later we were speeding through the night toward Hastar, prepared to strike the first blow for the preservation of Dejah Thoris. End of chapter 19「Lucky Land Slots」you can get lucky just about anywhere Dearly beloved we are gathered here today to has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry sorry we're here we were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time No Lucky Land Casino with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry In that case I pronounce you lucky Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com Daily bonuses are waiting No purchase necessary void were prohibited by law 18 plus terms and conditions apply see website for details